You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, good afternoon to everybody out there here on Pet Life Radio. You are listening to Dr. Jeff Werber here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And I am thrilled to be here on this lovely, well, you know, I, I, I guess I deserve it because I'm always boasting about how great it is to be here in Southern California, sitting here in Los Angeles. Last week it was 86 degrees, and uh, we had a lot of rain in the last uh, day or so. Uh, more on the way. The only good thing is, for any of you that ski or snowboard like myself, they got a lot of snow. So um, I'm happy I'll be headed to Mammoth sooner than later with uh, the new base of snow they have. But I had a, a little traveling this last week, so I'm, it's been crazy. And my, People always say, well, God, you must love when you go traveling. I, say, I mean, I like it. But when I have to come back and work three times as hard because I have all these clients that were waiting for me to come back, you know, and I have wonderful associates, just fantastic associates, and I'm call and, and uh, want to make an appointment, and my uh, receptions would say, well, you know, Dr. Werber's not in today or in tomorrow. Would you like to see Dr. You know, so-and-so? When's he back? Oh, he's back on Thursday. Well, no, we'll wait. But, ma'am, you just said your dog is dying. <laughs> they, no, they, uh, they can see me. They'll, they'll wait. So, anyway… It's been one of those days, yesterday and today, and then I leave tonight off again to do some. In fact, I'll tell you now, I want everybody to watch Fox and Friends Sunday. Uh, I'll be on Sunday morning with Tucker Carlson, who's fantastic, who is an amazing, amazing dog lover. And we're going to be talking about a number of things about the holidays and some holiday toxicities, things to watch for. And I think the subject matter is so important. We're going to talk about it today as well. And I just did an interview uh, with one of the magazines, Pet Age Magazine. In fact, I literally minutes before I started my show here. And one of the questions I was asked, and I really want your input, so I'm going to beg you, insist that you call me or send me a note. But you can, you know, easily catch me here on uh, on my show. Just you know, give us a holler and um, at eight seven seven three eight five eight 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 two. Once again, area code eight seven seven three eight five eight 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 two. Because I want to know if you. You've heard of anything like this or a story of something negative. And here it is. Apparently, people are building very tall cat trees. You know all what a cat tree is. And it's, uh, it's like, a, you know, picture it as like a jungle gym for cats. So one of the, uh, Stacy, and she was actually asking me that she knew of a cat tree. I, I don't know whether it's the tallest one, but certainly a tall one of 26 feet. So first of all, I'm curious to know, do any of you have cat trees that are 26 feet? That's tall. But what she was asking was, are they dangerous? In other words, has anyone ever had a cat that fell off their own cat tree to the point of hurting himself or herself? And my answer, well, first of all, you know, I have six cats and I've had some pretty good sized cat trees, certainly, you know, 10 footers. And um, none of my cats have ever fallen off of a cat tree, let alone hurt themselves. So I'm just curious and I want to hear from you. You can also get me at Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Has any listener out there, anyone who's joined our show, would you get a hold of us? Just call in, 877-385-8882. A, have you ever seen or heard of a cat tree that tall? And number two, if you have, or even if you have one, or even, even I'll take one 15 feet or 20 feet, have you ever had a cat fall off of it to the point of hurting him or herself? I think that'd be a cool thing to know. 
So uh, anyway, I'm here every Thursday. I'm here every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific time, 4 o'clock out in the east. And um, whatever time in the middle that might be, because I know some people take the change of clocks and others don't. And we're here for you. We are here to answer your questions. It's free. It's free to log on to PetLifeRadio.com. It's free to call an 877 number. And wanna, any questions you may have about your pet, if it's something that I cannot give you an answer right away, I will get you an answer. But uh, it's free information. And not only that, as a ProSense Pet Products, one of our sponsors, will actually send you out a free product for your dog or your cat if you call in. So now you have major extra incentive, not just to get an answer to that question that's been just bugging you for weeks and weeks or months and months, free answers and free product. You cannot go wrong. So I want to hear back from you. And, uh, and just also what's, uh, what's happening with your pets. You know, the more we hear about your pets, the more we have to talk about. And what's amazing to me is people are sitting out there and they're saying to themselves, you know, God, I, I want to ask this question, but I am so embarrassed. I think I'm, I'm probably the only one in the world that's got this question. Let me tell you something. I've been doing radio for a long time. And these talk shows and answering all these calling answers, question answer shows. And there is nothing new under the sun. Trust me. Whatever you think, whatever problem you think you have, condition with your pet you, you've been dealing with for the longest time, the shortest time, and you think, oh my God, I'm the only one. I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to call in. You will find out, trust me, and other listeners that are hearing will say, oh my God, my pet has the same problem. So it only helps the shy of you out there, those of you that are too shy to call, if those that aren't call in and start asking some questions about your pets. Now, I've been, as I said, I'm doing uh, Fox and Friends on Sunday morning. That's live, so you can tune in Sunday morning. And then I'm doing The Better Show. I'm filming that on Monday, and I do not know at hand when that is going to air. However, I will let you know uh, here on Pet Life Radio, and either I or Mark Winter, our producer, will put something out there to let you know when that is going to air. That's called The Better Show. But one of the things we're talking about, and, and this was actually rather surprising, but not only holiday hazards. I mean, I love to talk about holiday hazards this time of year. Of course, they're all preventable. But what makes them preventable is knowledge. Knowledge is king. If I can tell you in advance what to be aware of, what to watch out for, what is truly a potential danger and what isn't, then you'll be on your toes and you'll keep your pets away from this, you know, this persistent or this potential danger. So one of the things we talked about, I thought it was actually interesting to learn. So first of all, eggnog. And a lot of people like eggnog. Personally, I'm not a big fan. But there are some problems with the alcohol, if there is alcohol in the eggnog, that dogs and cats can truly get alcohol poisoning in more than one way. And I don't mean just letting them drink your vodka tonic. I'm talking about by eating foods that contain alcohol or foods that are doused or dipped in alcohol, dogs and cats have gotten alcohol poisoning. Another problem with the eggnog is the raw egg can cause some gastrointestinal distress to many dogs and cats. So you want to be careful. Now, as far as the holiday plants, usually overrated. People think mistletoe. It turns out that American mistletoe is really not toxic at all. 
Now, it could be just an irritant to the esophagus or to the intestinal tract, but there's no toxicity. However, English mistletoe, which really isn't even available or here in this country, can and does have some toxic properties. The only plant that we really, you know, really need, well, holly uh, can cause some vomiting and diarrhea. So, uh, but it's more that there are thick, waxy leaves and those waxy leaves are what can cause the vomiting and diarrhea because they become sort of a gastric irritant. But there's no like true chemical toxic effect to holly. Christmas cactus gets some bad press, not really a problem. Poinsettia gets some bad press, not a problem. In fact, it's been determined that poinsettia isn't toxic at all. Now, again, because dogs, for example, I'll give you a perfect example. How many of you have dogs out there or cats that like to eat grass? Okay, so what happens typically when they eat grass? There's no toxic effect of grass, unless, of course, the grass was freshly fertilized, and there could be some issues with the nitrogen and the fertilizer, but grass itself is not toxic. However, many dogs who eat grass vomit. In fact, that brought up the, the famous discussion, do dogs eat grass because they want to vomit, or do they eat grass because it feels good to them, not realizing that a certain amount of time later, they're going to vomit? I'm not going to give you my answer to that one. Actually, there's another reason to call in here to Pet Life Radio, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I want to hear your answers to what you think is the reality. Do dogs eat grass because they know it's going to make them vomit? Or do they eat grass because they like it, they find it soothing, not aware that 20 minutes later, half hour later, whatever, it's going to make them vomit? I want to hear what you think. But anyway, what turns out with the poinsettia is that it it is a a plant. Dogs don't digest plants well. And yes, it might make them vomit, might give them diarrhea, but it is not a poison. Now, it leads us to a plant that is a poison. Fortunately, it's not a plant that's usually made into these wreaths that go on a door or things that you hang from a tree, but lilies. Lilies are potentially deadly to cats. Not only, not only the lily plant itself, but actually, if you have lilies in a vase and you have them in water, if a cat drinks the water from those lilies, they too can become toxic. It causes severe, severe kidney disease, and that is a problem as well. So just know that lilies are to be avoided at all costs in your home if you have cats. And if you do have lilies, keep them very high up. That, not that usually does, that stops a cat because it's not going to stop a cat. But make it very, very difficult for them to get to. Or better yet, keep your cats in a different room. Don't uh, expect the height to keep a cat away. In fact, to them, to a cat, that's just more of a challenge. Now, how about cake, fruitcakes? So in the surf, we say, well, come on, it's a fruitcake. Ah, but what a couple of things that are in fruitcakes that could be a problem. So we are going to keep you hanging, and we are going to be back in a second. We're going to take our break. I want to, once again, thank our sponsors, which are ProSense Pet Products and Walmart for carrying our full line of ProSense Pet Products. And we will be back after these quick messages. Stay tuned. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. 
PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radial root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back and thanks for joining me here live on PetLife Radio. You're here with live with Dr. Jeff Werber at uh, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And before the break, um, we, you know, we talked about something as relatively benign, one would think, about fruitcake. What do you think might be a problem? What do you think could be in fruitcake that would cause an issue? All right? And uh, let's see if one is fairly astute. But two of the ingredients that are actually very, very common in fruitcake, number one is going to be raisins, and number two, currants, C-U-R-R-A-N-T-S. And... The reason is that currants, believe it or not, well, obviously anyone who knows currants, are in the raisin family. So the toxic portion that nobody really knows exactly what it is of raisins and grapes are also in many of the currants. So that's something that we have to avoid. Another thing about fruitcake, and had I known this, I probably would have eaten more of it or, or would eat more of it, but a lot of fruitcake is laced with alcohol. And boy, I missed it because I'm not a big fan of fruitcake, but I don't mind the alcohol. So I'm thinking, oh my God, how do I know that? Maybe it would have made it taste better. I don't know. I just think it tastes that good. But anyway, and alcohol. Uh, now, uh, understand this, not cooked alcohol. If you are adding like rum cake and you're adding rum to the mix and you're baking it, then you are baking away the alcohol. You are keeping the rum taste, which is why people like rum cake. But a lot of these rum cakes, a lot of these fruit cakes that have alcohol in them are also either dipped or laced in the topping with alcohol, which is probably why they're so popular. Because it's not necessarily because of the taste. But anyway, my opinion, of course. But alcohol can cause toxicity in dogs and cats. It can cause, well, first of all, hypoglycemia, low blood sugar. It can also cause ataxia. Ataxia is sort of like, like a weakness, a wobbly. When dogs are ataxic, one of the ways to, to characterize them is they look like they're drunk. 
And sure enough, when they drink alcohol, they are. Respiratory distress, hypo, or I should say bradycardia, which is a slow heart rate. So really, as you're listening to these symptoms, respiratory distress, slow heart rate, low blood sugar, ataxia, which is weakness, wobbliness, and you're talking about a drunk. You're talking about just like a person who is drunk. This, you know, when I was reading and, and researching all these the symptoms and the problems and, and the fact that it's real, I have to laugh because obviously I, and those of you listening know that I want to be a vet ever since I was probably five. So for me, of all the high school graduation presents that might get someone excited, the one that got me excited the most was my very own Labrador. And I had a Labrador retriever. His name was Thor. And so his big black lab, he was actually a magnificent lab. And uh, he was my high school graduation president. So, of course, he came to college with me. Now, I went to Berkeley. This is going back to the early 70s. And you can kind of imagine the tone of Berkeley in the early 70s. I don't think the professors were much better off in many ways than the, the kids, the students. And by better off, I mean, you know, maybe sober, if you will. So... I don't think they even knew or maybe even cared that Grover would come to class with me almost every day. He would sit in these big lecture halls, and he would come in with me, sit at my feet, didn't bother anybody, and he sort of became, I don't know, like my little mascot. Well, uh, one day we were having a, uh, there was a a fraternity party going around near uh, where I was, and and, uh, I had an apartment nearby, and I was friends with some of these guys, and, you know, Thor being a big Labrador, and he was obviously very social and very friendly, and everybody knew him and loved him, so all of a sudden I'm hearing a bunch of commotion, you know, about maybe 15 feet away from me, so I go over to here to see what the heck is going on, and one of the guys was holding his beer down sort of little low. He was talking to somebody and his beer was in his hand and his hand was sort of extended. And all of a sudden he felt a lot of like slobbering and dripping on his hand. So he looks down and there was Thor helping himself to this guy's beer. Well, instead of just lifting his beer away and saying, hey, Thor, cut it out. He said, oh my God, this is hysterical. This dog loves beer. So before you know it, all these guys were offering Thor their beers. And if I tell you Thor got drunk, he could not walk a straight line. So now, firsthand, I can tell you what the ataxia, the weakness and wobbliness of alcohol can do to a dog. Fortunately, at 120 pounds, 110 pounds, he was huge. It wasn't enough to cause any major problems. Of course, I wouldn't let him do it again, but interestingly, he wanted to. Now, I don't know. You know, He's a Labrador. Labradors, as you know, will eat anything that's not bolted down or doesn't eat them first, but he loved beer. Whenever I would have a beer, he always wanted beer. And I'm not, not sure whether it was the taste, which I can't imagine because I didn't even acquire a taste for beer until I was in college. Or maybe he just liked that feeling of being you know, totally out of control. But he was, and it was very cute at the time, of course. So that is a problem. So alcohol, beware. Raisins, currants, and fruitcake, beware. For cats, lilies, beware. Oh, and a lot of the other plants, as I said, it's not that they're toxic, but they can cause some gastric irritation. But I want to talk about a few other things. Thanksgiving, there are a lot of desserts out there, and there's a lot of fatty food. And the stuffing could be fatty. If there's ham, could be fatty. Dark meat turkey could be fatty. Turkey skin could be fatty. And, of course, the fixings. The desserts, we'd already talked about fruitcake, but even chocolate can be a problem. Again, they'd have to eat a whole lot, but it still can be a problem. And then another complicator we have this year is that as of the 28th, which is Thursday, starting Wednesday night is also the holiday of Hanukkah. And two favorite foods for that holiday are potato pancakes, fried, and donuts, fried. Do not let your dogs eat this fried food. 
eating this fatty fried foods, eating nuts, eating uh, the skin, the dark meat, anything that's too much fat can cause some pancreatitis. Now, what do we do? What can we give our dogs to keep them away from our table and happy? Well, for one thing, anything that they like that occupies their time. I mean, if they love eating like those rawhide shoes that take a while to get through, as long as they're not made in China. If they like bully sticks, again, as long as they're, they're made here in the U.S., and they're used to them, then maybe let them, for, as, as everyone's sitting down, give them their old, big, fat, nice bully stick or rawhide chew, and let them just enjoy. Marrow bones. Marrow bones, to me, I'm not a big fan because marrow, also, like the other fatty foods we talked about, do have a pretty high fat content. And when it comes to things like that, I worry about them eating it, and it's good, so they're going to try to eat it, but I worry about pancreatitis as well. And the last thing you want to ruin your wonderful family holiday time together is to have to rush your puking, painful dog or cat to an emergency facility because they ended up giving themselves pancreatitis by getting into the garbage getting into the remains of all that food, getting into the turkey bones, turkey skin, dark meat turkey, ham, potato pancakes, you name it. We got to be careful. So uh, just I hope that gives you plenty of information to know what to beware of, what to watch for, and what to allow. So, so far, here we are. It's been, we have three or four minutes left. No one has called in, and I want an answer from you as to whether, why do, do dogs eat grass? And no one's called in, and you're going to force me the truth is, nobody knows for sure, but I have my theory, and I'm going to have to give it to you unless somebody calls in really fast, but here's my theory, that dogs aren't smart enough to avoid something if it causes the undue reaction, in this case vomiting, after about 15 to 20 minutes. If they eat something that causes immediate vomiting within 5 to 10 minutes, then that can suffice. That's what we call avoidance therapy. So if they get something that makes them vomit fairly quickly, fairly soon after ingestion, most likely, most often, they will not go back to it. But for any of you that have had dogs that have eaten grass and vomit from it, guess what? They go back. So it's unlikely that they sense that they're doing it for the purpose of making them vomit. So why do they eat it? Well, I think they eat it for a number of reasons. First of all, and then if you chew on blades of grass, it's kind of sweet. Chlorophyll has a naturally sweet taste. And I do believe that it does create a soothing effect to them if they have, in fact, some sort of gastroenteritis, a gastric irritation. So I think they like the moisture. I think they like the sweetness. They like the taste. And they don't realize that a half hour later or sometimes more, maybe sometimes a little less, that same thing they just ingested for the good reasons is going to make them vomit. So that's my take. I'd love to hear yours. If any behaviors are out there or if anyone has actually studied this and can show me proof I'd like to see it. But uh, until then, I'm going with my theory, which is they do it because they, they like it. It's sweet. And uh, it's going to make them, well, in many cases, it'll make a vomit, but it's not going to make a vomit for quite a while. Anyway, this at, oh my God, 129, 429 for you back east brings us to the end of another show. Once again, it was great being here. We will be here next week. Now, next week is Thanksgiving. And unless something else like um, uh, some family function gets um, Mark out of the studio, uh, we will be here to join you next week, and I'd love to hear some good uh, Thanksgiving stories, anything that you um, want to share with us, anything for your pets. Um, let's just go ahead and give us the answers. So um, we will see you next week, same time, 1 o'clock 
Pacific time, 4 o'clock back in the east. Have a, if I don't see you or talk to you, and if you don't join us next week, have a wonderful Thanksgiving, a wonderful Hanukkah if it applies, and uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.